Hawthorne's Ray Peck wrote to the Melbourne Age today, just today, and his letter was headed, Losing a Wonder, and today is Monday, December 5. He talked about marine biologist Professor Jerry Rummer, who made it clear we're the current custodians of the Great Barrier Reef, and time's almost run out to save it from climate change. Yes, welcome to this latest episode of Climate Conversations. I'm your host, Robert McLean. Climate Conversations is assembled here in Shepparton in northern Victoria, Australia, on the lands of the Yorta Yorta people. Yes, the stolen lands of the Yorta Yorta people. I pay my respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. The Hawthorne letter writer points to an article in the Sydney Morning Herald, which was an opinion piece headed, Are We Really Prepared to Lose This Natural Wonder? Rummer writes, I moved to Australia in 2011 to research coral reef fishes on the Great Barrier Reef. A dream of mine since I was a child, a career goal, a product of over a decade of higher education. I did not expect that with another decade I would be seeing the effects of climate change on the reef and all the life it supports. And I certainly did not think I would be seeing repeated damage year after year in such a short time. You'll find a link to that story in the show notes. Let's go back to the age letter from Ray Peck for a moment. He said that despite knowing that time's almost run out to save the Great Barrier Reef from climate change, the former Resources Minister, Madeleine King, has approved 10 new sites for offshore fossil fuel exploration in six months. He then adds, Like a predecessor, Environment Minister Tender Plibersek is defensive claiming the listing is unfair and that the Great Barrier Reef is one of the best-managed reefs in the world. He says, This response misses the point, so well made by Rummer. Science tells us the reef is in danger from climate change. He then adds, It can only be concluded that even this so-called climate-friendly Labor government has not accepted the urgency of the climate crisis and is still beholden to the fossil fuel industry, a major donor. It seems Labor's answer to Rummer's headline question is, sadly, yes. And please don't forget, you'll find the link to Rummer's story in the show notes. And writing in The Guardian on November 10, Environment Editor Damien Carrington said, Oil and gas firms planning frightening fossil fuels growth report fines. Carrington wrote, Oil and gas companies are planning a frightening expansion that would result in 115 billion tonnes of climate heating, CO2 being pumped out, equivalent to more than 24 years of US emissions, a new analysis has found. Virtually, all oil and gas companies are planning further exploration of fossil fuels, the report found, pouring $160 billion into exploration since 2020. None of this investment is compatible with International Energy Agency's route to reaching net zero emissions by 2050, limiting the climate crisis, the report said. And from Politico we hear, EU approves France's short-haul flight ban, but only for three routes. The European Commission has approved France's plan to ban short-haul flights when there's a decent rail alternative, but it will only affect three routes. French lawmakers in 2021 voted to prohibit short-haul domestic flights when there's an alternative rail connection of two and a half hours or less. The original proposal, which required a green light from Brussels, was slated to affect eight routes. 
Now the Commission has said the ban will only take place if there are genuine rail alternatives available for the same route, removing several direct connections each way every day. And from Euronews Green we hear, wind turbines have an image problem, but silent bladeless designs could change all that. Nicknamed the Skybreaker, by the internet a bladeless wind turbine has been designed to generate energy from its vibrations alone. Global wind power must triple over the next decade to achieve carbon neutrality, says the UN. But traditional wind turbines are struggling to meaningfully contribute to this goal. They are widely criticised for being ugly, noisy and harming wildlife. However, the majority of these problems come down to the traditional windmill design that is dating back to the 9th century. Now, two companies have invented wind turbines without blades. Now from Politico we hear pigeons on the pill. Cities tackle climate-related pest boom. Urban pest species are on the rise thanks to climate change and city authorities are resorting to increasingly inventive methods to control them. Rising temperatures are creating ideal conditions for pests, such as rats and pigeons, to reproduce more quickly, as well as introducing new species. That's creating an urgent public health problem for city governments. We've long anticipated that climate change would become one of the most significant threats to biodiversity, said Chris Murray, ecological and public health expert at Imperial College in London. And now from the conversation we hear, a US 10 trillion global energy bill dwarfs what's needed to limit global heating. The story begins. The world's energy bill for 2022 is said to be the highest ever, topping 10 trillion US. That's 8.3 trillion pound. This is the total price paid for all forms of energy across all sectors of all people. Something like 80% of this bill is for coal, oil or gas or for electricity generated from these fossil fuels. Our addiction to energy is equivalent to more than 10% of global GDP. Infuriatingly, a lot of the energy we buy goes up in smoke or wasted heat before it even gets a chance to do any of the useful heating, cooling, cooking, transporting or manufacturing. Energy spending is now greater than total global tax revenue or corporate profits and dwarfs military expenditure. When energy prices are high, as they are now, a good proportion of our overall energy bill becomes profit in the pockets of oil and gas producers. I'm far from sure that I'm comfortable with this story, but in the name of balance, let's give it a run. It's from the news service Spiked, and it's by Michael Schellenberger. The climate extremists have won. He writes, Climate activism seems to be becoming increasingly hysterical. Creepy, apocalyptic cults like Just Up Oil and Animal Rebellion have rarely been off the front page in recent weeks. Worse still, their end-is-nigh worldview now seems to be openly endorsed by media, government and international institutions. What's going on? Why are the climate activists becoming madder and yet more mainstream? And what exactly do they want? We've reached the end of this episode of Climate Conversations. Thanks so much for your company. And until we talk again, please take care, stay safe, and please be kind. For everyone you meet is fighting a great battle. And please, if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to share it with your friends. And as I said before, 
Please take care and stay safe.